being a Christian is just, I just want to get into heaven. Being a vessel is, I don't want to die filled with things that mm. God has asked me to do. I want to die empty. Yo, what's up, guys? It's your boy, Jay Cobb, and you are listening to The Cobb Cast, a place for like-minded entrepreneurs to connect, share, and grow. And I'm your host, Jermaine Cobbins, where I'll be sharing valuable content to help you to become a better entrepreneur and an all-around better person. We'll be discussing mindset techniques, business strategies, and ways to help take your life and business to the next level. So whether you're driving right now, whether you're at home, whether you're at work, go ahead and turn your speakers up, sit back, and let's ride. Yo, what's going on, guys? It's your boy, Jay Cobb, guys. And um, today's episode is super, super special, guys. Um, I have a special guest here, and the idea is... Um, we're on episode 10, all right? And um, this right here, guys, is basically one of my first interviews, and I have a special guest. And this guy here, guys, he's um, near and dear to me, all right? He's a serial entrepreneur, all right? He's a dance instructor. He's also um, an author, just wrote his first book. He's a man of God. He's a husband. He's a father. And most importantly, guy, this is my blood brother, Gary McCullum. What's up, brother? What's going on, man? And um, we're going to rock this thing out. So, uh, look, guys, you guys sit back, man, and um, really get ready to take some notes. We're going to have a lot of fun. Um, some of you guys um, have never um, basically seen where... I interact with people, right? You know what I mean? Like, we, we, you see me from video, you hear me on um, these episodes, but this right here is an energy, guys, that I can't really explain, all right? But we're going to um, spend a few minutes, we're going to have a good time, let him introduce himself a little bit in depth of what he do, what he brings to the table, and some of the things that he's looking to do. So let the people hear it, man. What's going on, everybody? Uh, first off, I just want to say thank you to Jermaine for bringing me on. Uh, I'm excited to be here. Uh, as he mentioned, um, uh, my name is Gary McCullum. I do a lot, and I tell people uh, that behind my name, just put a slash because there's so many different things that come behind it. A lot of days I forget. So uh, starting at the top, uh, I am uh, a dance instructor at Law Middle School, choir director. Uh, I am a POC uh, team leader. Uh, which means that I'm over a few teachers. I'm fine arts department chair. I was also treasurer for a charter school in Covington County. Uh, I've done music for years. Uh, obviously, I'm an author. I'm a minister at my church, husband. I'm a father, um, loving brother to my brother here. Uh, so much, uh, but but I'm, I'm grateful for it all. Uh, like I said, I do a lot, but but it doesn't even feel like I'm doing a lot some days. You know, when you do what you love, it's kind of like I don't have enough time to, to do it. Uh, and even in my sleep, sometimes I'm still thinking about, man, you know, I, I, I couldn't finish this today. I couldn't do this today. Let me put it on my notes for tomorrow. Then tomorrow I'll come and then another slash will be added. Uh, so just recently picked up DJing. And so uh, this <laughs> afternoon I have to go and DJ uh, at a reception. So um, in, in, in any case, uh, I'm yeah. glad to be here. That's it, man. So here's the deal. Um, we're going to have a lot of fun, guys. Um, the idea is, you know, my demographic is typically people of the time of this video uh, is actually 30 or above, anywhere from 30 to around 50, and he has a younger demographic. Actually, I'm only, what, about nine years your senior, something right. up in there? Mm -hmm. So, um, but the, the connection is, is, is a phenom, guys. Um, but we're going to, we're going to talk about this book as well. We're going to hit on this, and we're also going to share with you guys how you can grab your copy at the end of this episode. So be sure to stay tuned for that, all right? But we're going to go ahead and dive into him because his time is, um, really, really valuable, guys, all right? So the first thing I want to hit on, man, you know, uh, we're talking about, 
you know, you are author now. Like, mm-hmm. and this is this is one of the things that I was like, wow, like, because you kind of you kind of hit us with it. Like, it was like one of those <laughs> things that kind of snuck up, you know. And I was like, man, I never knew you was writing. Mm-hmm. And this, you know, this guy here is one of the reasons that I'm actually starting to write next mm-hmm. year. I mean, next month. I'm sorry to possibly have my book out around 2020 to 2021. However, you know, let's talk about the transformation. Let's talk about being accepted because. You mentioned this in your book, mm-hmm. and you mentioned, and I didn't even know this, like, you mentioned, um, you know, being around guys that really didn't fit our demographic, right? We were raised uh, fairly well, so we know, you know, being in the streets and being, you know, around gang members and things like that was just not our thing, mm-hmm. but I didn't know you went through some things like that, so, you know, talk about the transformation and, you know, how was it when you come to the realization that, you know what, these are not my type of people? Well, uh, I think it even goes back uh, further than that. It actually starts uh, with just me going into elementary school. Um, I was never the kid that had a lot of people around me, Uh, although I wanted more uh, friendships. I wanted more uh, people that I can either call or, you know, they can kind of come and, you know, play with me from time to time. I just never really had a whole lot of it. And so uh, from about kindergarten to sixth grade, I was always on the outside of the fence trying to figure out how can I get inside. Mm. Uh, And so when I got to uh, middle school, I'll never forget it. Uh, I came home one day and I told mom I was crying. I said, Mom, you know, these kids, they've been talking about me. You know, it's the same ones. They're calling me fat. They're saying this and that. And she said something uh, to me. We were standing in the kitchen. I'll never forget it. She said, if you don't like what people are saying, change it. Mm. That's all she said to me. Mm. And so that next summer, it rung in my my head uh, the entire um, school year. And so that summer I got up and I said, you know what? I'm going to change it. I'm going to do something about it. Uh, I started running. And every morning I would get up and I would run. Uh, it was one morning I ran so far that I didn't even have enough energy to come back mm. to the house. I had to walk. Back. <laughs> I, had, I, had to, I had to walk back to the house. Um, and so I did that um, for that entire summer every morning. And it had even gotten to the point to where um, I felt like a, a member of like uh, – uh, the Titans, like yeah. remember the Titans, yeah. you know, to where people would see me in the neighborhood at a certain time. They knew I was coming. Uh, and so uh, I linked up with you uh, and we started kind of working out together. And so when I went back to school, mm-hmm. my my whole physical persona had changed. Mm-hmm. And so people were saying, you know, hey, man, you know, when, when did you drop weight? What are you doing? Yeah. Are you playing football? Like, no, man. Yeah. You know, I'm just, you know, I'm out here just trying to change. Yeah. yeah. So uh, still, though, you know, it, I was still missing something. Uh, so uh, eighth grade, I went uh, to the high school. And when I got to the high school, I fell back into that slump mm. of, all right, I'm still on the outside of the fence. The people are waving at me. They see me on the outside of the mm-hmm. fence, but I can't get in. And so um, I had a friend of mine who walked up to me one day and uh, he was like, man, you know, listen, I'm a part of this organization uh, and we want you to be a part of it because we, we see you, you know, looking this way. You're always, you know, kind of eating by yourself. You know, you don't have a whole lot of people around you. So mm-hmm. we, we want to support you uh, in any way that we can. And so, you know, initially I jumped to it because I saw that these were guys on the inside of the mm-hmm. fence. And so um, I started attaching myself to them and uh, slowly they started kind of letting me know of some things that they 
wanted. And, okay. you know, it was like, well, okay, uh, you know, Gary, if you're going to be with us, we need you to stop wearing these colors, you know, uh, and we only need you to wear red. And mm-hmm. I was like, okay, well, I mean, that's cool and everything, but blue is my favorite yeah. color, <laughs> you, you know. Yeah. So so that my first problem was there, you know. And so uh, I slowly started kind of making a shift a little bit, started changing my dress a little bit. Uh, and then the second time I was approached uh, by this guy, you know, he told me, he was like, well, Gary, uh, we need you to learn this phrase. Mm-hmm. Okay. If you say this phrase or if you hear this phrase, you have to drop what you're doing and go to the point of origin where that phrase originated. Mm-hmm. Uh, and if you're in trouble and you say this phrase, uh, whoever's in the area that hears it, that's mm-hmm. attached to our um uh, organization, they are going to drop what they're mm. doing to come and assist you, you know. And my question to him was, well, you know, he was talking about a fight, yeah. and I was like, you know, up until this point, I hadn't been in a fight, yeah. you know. So you want me to drop what I'm doing to go fight, even though I don't know what it's about? Yeah. Like, what if the person that says the phrase is the aggressor? Okay. It's their fault, mm-hmm. you know. That didn't register to me, yeah. and so uh, the final. St- um, just kind of, I guess, needle was uh, the guy came up to me. He was like, well, Gary, listen, we have these meetings in this part of town, you know, at midnight. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I'm like, hold up, hold up now, you know, because I'm, I'm ninth, 10th grader in high yeah. school. I'm like, man, I don't drive, mm-hmm. you know, and ain't no way in the world I'm going to mm-hmm. convince my mom to let me out of the house yeah. at midnight yeah. to come to this part of town for no meeting. Yeah. And so I, I sat back and I'm like, man, okay, I, I, at first, like the first day or two, it felt good because I felt like I was on the inside of the fence. But then it started feeling like something just wasn't yeah. right. Yeah. Uh, and so I, after I self-assessed and I evaluated myself in my life, I noticed that being on the outside of the fence was the freedom. Okay. I can do whatever I want, go wherever I want on the outside of the fence. But when I get inside the fence, trying to impress these people, trying Mm. to live by this rule, live by that rule, I'm automatically putting myself in a confining space. Uh, And so I said, you know what? Until I leave this place, my goal is to break as many rules Mm. as I can in a good way. way. Um, I wanted to do some things that would make people notice that I was on the outside of the fence and that it's okay Okay. to be on the outside of the fence. So very first thing, uh, I became a cheerleader. (laughs) (laughs) Very first thing, you know. And so when I told people, you know, hey, man, listen, I'm joining the cheerleader squad, you know. Two things came up. Man, no, you you funny with it, man. Yeah, no, yeah. Ain't, ain't no black guy that looked like you for the be on no chili team and, yeah. and, you know, and all this other stuff. And then, you know, the second thing was why? You know, mm-hmm. you could play football. You could do this. You mm-hmm. could do that. Stay why right. did you, yeah. you know, and I, my, I, my mission was to prove to people yeah. that it's okay to be on the outside of the fence mm-hmm. as long as you have acceptance within yourself. Yeah. Uh, so after that. And, you know, I tell people even today that uh, cheerleading helped pay for my college, you know, so so they laughed at it, you know, for a little while until the money kind of started flowing in. Uh, From there, senior year, you know, I'm once again guy on the outside of the fence. Mm -hmm. I don't have a whole lot of people around me. Um, I said, you know what, I'm going to run for class president. Don't know nothing about the position. I don't know. <laughs> I literally about like the country now. <laughs> I, right. <laughs> I, uh, I put my name on the ballot and this was my campaign strategy. I got a class one day uh, and I was um, good friends with the, the office workers. Okay. So I went and got a pack of paper, mm-hmm. like a, a pack of unopened paper. And <laughs> I typed up on the computer <laughs> in the library, vote for Garrett. That's all it said. Yeah. No picture, no <laughs> nothing. So I had one of the office workers to make 500 copies of that one piece mm-hmm. of paper. 
And I stood on one end of the hallway, maybe five minutes before the bell rung, mm-hmm. and I had the pack in my hand, and I just took off running. And so as I was running, the papers were mm. flying out of my hand. And so when the bell rang, everybody just saw the papers all over the place. And, you know, I did it as a joke. Yeah. You know, it, it was completely, it was funny to me. Uh, but I'm just loving being on the outside of the mm. fence. Well, uh, when uh, everything, I guess when the dust settled uh, and they called my name, Gary mm. McCullum, class president, I'm like, wait a minute. Yeah, you know, I, I didn't even I didn't even think that, that something like that was possible. But once again, that's what happens when you live on the outside of the so, fence. So what advice would you give um, some of the the younger generation that are feeling that they need to be part of an organization or part of a gang or need to do something to fit in? Like, what are some things that you can give them to say that, you know what, this is something that may not fit your end goal like mm-hmm. what would you give that um that that young person that's 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 lost right well the first thing that i would say uh jermaine is number one it's all a lie okay uh, everything they say uh is a lie um and it only ends two ways mm. uh three really if you think about it you're either going to get jumped out which is okay. you get beat up really bad uh, you get thrown in jail mm-hmm. uh, or you die. Okay. You, you go to the grave. Uh, now, I've been uh, blessed to be a part of a church that we go to uh, the prison here in Leakesville, Mississippi, uh, every third Sunday. And we go and we witness to the guys down there. Um, and I always tell them, um, you know, my kids that I teach, every time we go on the way out, I always hear the same thing. Mm-hmm. I wish I could have. Mm. I wish I would have if I would have just listened. Mm. So, um Anything that you want in life, you can have it, and you don't need external assistance to get it. If you have acceptance within yourself, Mm -hmm. uh, no matter what you believe in, you know, now I'm a Christian, Mm -hmm. but if you have acceptance within yourself, no matter what it is, if it's financial freedom, if it's a house, if it's a car, Mm -hmm. if it's just peace, you can have that. You don't need anything else to be drawn to you because if you can't, and you've said this to me Mm -hmm. over the years, if you can't make yourself happy, Nothing that you add to your life yep. will make you happy. That's it. That's it. And, you know, mentioning that, you know, he's a Christian, that actually brings us to the next topic. And um, the thing is, you know, just to put out there, you know, we're in a time right now, guys, where it's almost like, um, and I heard this, I think, on a Revoke interview where it was like, you know, people are basically being mad at one another for what God you believe in. Mm-hmm. Like, it's, it, it, it'll become a thing that if you don't believe in this God, something is wrong with you. And he mentioned, you know, that he's a Christian, you know, so am myself. But um, let's talk about that. Like, okay. what happened in your life, you know, to where you got to a point to where you wanted to start sharing the word of God? It felt natural to me. Okay. Um, even before I had a deep understanding of who God was, um, I, I can remember mom uh, giving us just very basic you know, Christian principles, mm-hmm. uh, not even really fully understanding who she was talking mm-hmm. about, but she would tell us things like treat people right. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, despite how people treat you, mm-hmm. you know, you don't, you don't have to retaliate, you know, or repay evil for evil. Yep. Uh, and so it just felt natural. So, you know, I was always, even though I was on the outside of the fence and there were people on the inside, people would always come up to the gate mm-hmm. and talk to me, mm-hmm. you know, uh, and they would, you know, ask me. And then a lot of times it was behind the veil because they didn't want yep. anybody on the inside to see that yep. they were coming to the gate, you know, for any type of advice or anything. And so I would give people advice. And uh, the older I got, the more mature I got in the faith and more I started reading the Bible. I realized that the stuff that I had been telling people for years, mm-hmm. it was already in here. Mm-hmm. You know, it felt 
Now, it gotcha. felt like talking, you know, okay. uh, to me. And then, you know, like I tell people all the time, you know, and this is not knocking uh, any other religion or any other belief, you know, uh, in the United States, you know, we, we can believe whatever we want to believe. But, you know, to me, when I look at Christianity, it's low cost, mm-hmm. you know, like it doesn't cost me anything to treat people well. Mm-hmm. It doesn't cost me anything to pray to God. It doesn't cost me anything to do the right thing, despite the situations or the circumstances around me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so, like I said, you know, I would just see just through experiences, mm-hmm. things that I would pray for that would manifest themselves, you know, uh, things that I would be even stuff that I would even want, mm-hmm. but not pray for. Um, I never forget. Um, this is, I guess, one of the days that kind of solidified my faith. Mm-hmm. I was leaving school uh, or work where I work, uh, Laura Middle School. And um, I, I just always have the thought in my mind of, man, God, you do a lot for me. You know, the the simple processes of waking me up, yeah. uh, you know, to get me started. When I wake up, I haven't lost my mind. Um, and so I was leaving school and I looked up to the sky and I said, God, what can I do for you? You know, mm, you do a lot for powerful. me. You know, what yes. can I what can I do to to serve you? What can I do to bring a smile to somebody's that's face? Powerful. You know, uh, and that's when we get into the regard of becoming a vessel. Okay. You know, um, so being a Christian and being a vessel, you know, to me, those are two um, two kind of seeds in the same fruit. Okay. But one is just deeper than the other one. Okay. You know, being a Christian is just I just want to get into heaven. Being a vessel is I don't want to die, feel with things that mm. God has asked me to do. I want to die empty. Yeah. Like when I die, yeah. uh, it's going to be standing room only because I know I've touched a lot of lives. You know, same thing for you. Yeah. You know, we, we've done a whole lot of things to help and assist other people, you know, uh, and it, it's going to be standing room only. And I heard this uh, lastly. Um, I heard this from uh, a mentor when I worked in uh, Memphis. Mm-hmm. Um, I was a part of this little boys mentor group. And I was only down there mm-hmm. to give them access to the room where they were. And so, uh, but I walked in, being at the right place at the right time, uh, he had a tombstone on the mm-hmm. board. And the tombstone, it just simply had uh, the birth date, the dash, the death date, and then the name. Mm-hmm. Uh, and he asked the young boys, he said, out of everything that you see, what is the most important? And so you had kids yeah. to say, you know, their name. You know, uh, you had some kids to say their birth date. Then some kids said the death date. And he said, no, the most important thing on this tombstone is the, the dash. dash. What do you do in That's between it. these two dates? That's, That's what matters. That's it. So. I love that. Uh, what we're going to do, guys, you know, we're going to actually come back. We're going to actually do a part two of this. All right. Uh, continue listening. All right. Because here's the thing. You know, he mentioned about when God. Um, is doing things in his life, manifesting things, whether it's, you know, internally, whether it's materialistically. The idea is, I think this is where a lot of people begin to lose their belief in God. Mm. Is because they don't understand that, okay, if God doesn't give me something, God mm. doesn't love me. So we're going to come back in just a second, guys. All right, so stay tuned. Yo, what's going on, guys? Jay Cobb here. So I hope you're enjoying this episode as much as I am. If so, do me a favor by smashing the like button. Don't forget to share this video out and be sure to leave a comment. Also, if you're ever looking for ways to generate income from home on a shoestrain budget, even with limited time, then I'm your guy. There should be some links below in the description, guys. Also, if you're just really loving this Cobcast episode and you want to contribute, there will be a link below for contributions. Other than that, guys, we're heading back to your Cobcast episode. Thanks for listening. All right, guys, so here's the deal. We're back, and the idea we was just talking about how, you know, 
God has worked in his life, whether it's, like I said, internally, whether it's materialistically. And I believe this is where a lot of people begin to lose their faith. Mm-hmm. It's because we pray, right? And he mentioned, like, you know, our mother instilled um, some really great morals, as well as my grandmother, you know, praying, paying tithes, you know, um, being kind and gen- generous mm-hmm. to people. However, you know, you get to this place in your life and you're like, man, like, I'm praying for this, but this is not happening. And a lot of times, I I believe, and I could be wrong, I let him give his opinion. I believe a lot of times we lose our faith because we pray for something and it doesn't happen, so we begin to lose our faith in God. So mm-hmm. what can you give to the people that may be going through that tough time, maybe looking for um, that, that breakthrough, and they're praying, they're hoping, they're wishing, but nothing has changed? What can you give them? Well, um, I want to start in a couple of different places. So the first thing uh, or the first place that I want to start in is in Daniel chapter three uh, in the Bible. Uh, now, we're familiar with the character Shadrach, Meshach and Abednego. Mm-hmm. Uh, and basically there was um, this king that wanted them to worship another God. Uh, everybody else bowed. But these three. Mm-hmm. And so uh, they made the statement that even if God, because the king was talking about throwing them into the furnace, if they didn't bow and they were going to burn. Um, and the, the three uh, boys made the statement that even if God doesn't deliver us, mm-hmm. it still does not change the fact that he's God and he can't. Um, the, uh, the story ends with them being thrown into the furnace and the fire being, uh, the Bible describes it as seven times hotter than it normally was ever lit. Mm-hmm. And it was so hot that even when one of the guards went to check on it, um, he died from the heat. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, when the other guard went up and he looked in, um, he saw four standing in there. And he said, the fourth person looks like the son of man. Mm. So I'll say that to go to this. Mm. It's all a season. Okay. Uh, I personally believe that in every aspect of life, God has built things or tools or doors for us to either look at, use, uh, to help us in our walk. Uh, I think about those times like the actual seasons of the planet. Uh, so in spring, we go through a, an abundance. Uh, things are growing. Things are prospering with everything that we touch. Then you go into summer where, you know, you have a little bit of prosperity, but it's kind of like, all right, it's starting to get a little tough, mm-hmm. but I can still make it. Mm-hmm. Then you get to fall. Hold on. Now stuff is starting to change up a little mm-hmm. bit. Uh, it's not as green as it used to be. It's starting to kind of get a little cold. Then you go to winter. Yeah. Okay. And in the winter, people kind of look at it in, in uh, different aspects. Mm-hmm. Uh, winter can be hard. Mm-hmm. Winter can be brutal. And uh, I thought about it um, like a tree. Why is it that in the winter, the tree is the most naked? Mm-hmm. You know, it, it, it doesn't have any leaves. Uh, things are cold. Mm-hmm. But, you know, a, a healthy tree, it doesn't die mm-hmm. in the winter. And I had to understand that the leaves fall off so that the energy inside of the tree can be conserved mm-hmm. or preserved. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you may go through a time in your life to where it's like, OK, well, Lord, I'm not getting this. This is not happening. But I, I want to encourage you not to lose faith because maybe the reason why it's not happening is because you don't need it. Right. You know, uh, That's now it. we, we can pray about a lot of things like, you know, I, I know where I am right now. Mm. If the Lord blesses me today with a million dollars, I'm not prepared for That's it. Right. You and know, a lot of time we, we take that as a punishment mm-hmm. and understand that when you pray for something, ask for something, whether it's, you know, better health or whether it's something materialistically, Understand that God will not bless you with anything, like he said, that he feel that you're not prepared for or mm-hmm. that you can't maintain. Mm-hmm. I'm a belief that I'm have I have a belief that God doesn't take from me. Mm-hmm. Right. And my God doesn't 
take. My God doesn't script. My God may remove some things that are not healthy or that are toxic, but I have a, a, an abundant God. And long as I'm becoming, it's always about the becoming. Mm-hmm. When you become, I feel like you can have anything your heart mm-hmm. desire, right? So just moving on, all right? Um, he hit a little bit about, you know, um, the book. We talked a little bit about the book. But I want to talk about, um, and this is two questions, okay? okay. Um, what inspired you to write this book, and how difficult is the process? Because I'm about to start writing. Okay. So I need to know this, <laughs> all right? But uh, what inspired you to write the book, and how difficult is the process? I went through a stage of getting sick of crap happening. Mm. Like, I just got sick of, Lord, I don't understand. Why is this going? I feel like I'm doing this. Uh, Really what we just talked about. You know, (laughs) I I feel like this is happening. Wait, wait a minute. And this was in Memphis. Um, And so, you know, I tell people all the time, I made the most money that I probably ever made in my life in Memphis. But as far as being just filled with joy, I didn't have that every Mm -hmm. day when I was in Memphis. Um, And so one day I was driving to work and it was about a 30 minute commute uh, from where I live. Um, and the Lord just spoke to me, just enjoy the ride. You know, yeah. you're focused on why it's not happening. You're focused on why mm. this isn't going right. Why, you know, this didn't add up, why this didn't link mm. up, you know, why not just focus on enjoying the ride and trusting that on the end of it, it's going to work out. Cause the Bible does say that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord. I know I love the Lord. So having faith in that scripture, I know that it's going to play out. But so, so many, so many of us, we get caught up on looking out the window and just being upset that, okay, it's too many trees. It's, it's not no city. Yeah. You know, this isn't happening. Yeah. That isn't happening. And God is just like, look, enjoy the ride. Enjoy. Cause it's, it's not going to change, mm-hmm. you know, because of, uh, who I am, who I, uh, profess to, to worship and believe. Even the Bible even says that, you know, we're going to go through some hardships, right. you know, nothing. The only day that the hardships stop is when your heart stops. That's, that, that's the only time that they're going to stop. So instead of focusing on the negative all the time, just learn to enjoy the ride. That's it. And uh, you asked me about the process yeah. of writing the book. It, it was tough, y'all. Uh, I, I mean, I'm not going to lie. Uh, I was a person in school that. I didn't like writing. Now, I could, I could, I could tell you. Yeah. I, I could talk your ear off. Yeah. But I, as far as writing it down, yeah. I did not. Uh, even today, I still have some troubles with it. Uh, and so, you know, the first thing I did was I prayed, God, look, if this is what you want me to do, you mm-hmm. want to help me. Because, I mean, this is an area where I definitely need some yeah. help in. Uh, and so um, I started uh, really kind of following after you. And, you know, you and I would talk a little bit about discipline. Mm-hmm. So then uh, I got on YouTube and I started following uh, E.T. the Hip Hop Preacher. Uh, and so he would talk about discipline and discipline yourself. And he would always talk about waking up at three o'clock in the morning, you know, and he, uh, him having so much more time to get a whole lot of stuff done Mm -hmm. even before the sun Mm -hmm. comes up. Uh, and so, you know, I couldn't get up at three, (laughs) (laughs) tried it one day and it hurt so bad. Y'all I could, I couldn't do three, but I said, you know what? I'm gonna get up at four 30. I'm gonna get up at four 30. So I put myself on a schedule. So from 4.30 to 4.45, I would pray, read my Bible. Uh, from 4.45 until 4.55, I would check. Uh, I have like little stocks and stuff mm-hmm. like that. So I would check my stocks, try to see if any changes have happened. Uh, from about 4.55 or about 5 o'clock up until 5.15, 5.20, 
that would be my writing time. Um, And um, to all of my writers out there, uh, I read, I can't recall who the the person was that said it, but I read a valuable piece of um, uh, information Mm -hmm. and it said that when the flow stops, you stop. Mm -hmm. So whether you, you know, are in mid sentence or you feel like, man, let me, let me just finish this chapter out. Cause Mm -hmm. I I ran into people that say, I try to get a chapter a day. Mm -hmm. Hey, if it's flowing, get a chapter a day. But if you only write two sentences and the flow stops, Stop. Because when you try to force the flow, Mm. you mess up and the book becomes really boring, you know, at that point, because you're trying to force something. You can even read it in other books. Mm -hmm. Uh, There was a book that I picked up. uh, I won't say the author's name, but it's called uh, When the Push Comes to Shove. Mm -hmm. Uh, And the book, I could feel in the book, Okay, you're pushing this. Mm. You know, this is not genuine information. This is a you're trying to fill these pages up Mm. with words so that you can get this book out to share. Uh, So just, you know, write a little bit at a time. Uh, Don't Mm. don't follow the everybody else. You know, uh, it's based on you. If it takes you two years to do it, if it takes you five years to do it, just complete it. Don't stop. Uh, I started uh, in July. and this was last year. I started in July. Mm-hmm. No, no, actually March. I started writing in March. But it was all I had was yeah. the summary for the back. Mm-hmm. All I had was the like I maybe three chapters. Okay. Uh, and so you know that was it. And so I just kind of piddled around with it. Some mornings I would wake up and I wouldn't feel nothing. Mm-hmm. And at first I felt bad until I started saying, you know what? If there's no flow, there's no go. Yep. You know. So I, if I wake up and even if I would just mm-hmm. think about the book. Okay, cool. Let me just think about it. Uh, But then some days, sometimes during the day, I'll be, you know, grocery shopping or something like that. And it'll hit me. Pull my phone out. I type that down, Mm -hmm. get it all out. Mm -hmm. Then I will go back and transfer it over to the book. So that happened. uh, Like I said, March, April. I stopped uh, in May, uh, picked it back up in June, Mm -hmm. June, July. It was the same kind of system. Uh, to where it was just I was piddling around and a lot of days I felt the flow Mm -hmm. but I was just lazy you know Uh, and so uh, I stopped writing in July and I really in October I said you know what man I need to finish this Mm because I don't want to die and be the person that always telling people you know I'm writing a book but it's never finished Mm -hmm. you know so from October to December Every morning, I got up. If I felt the flow, I, I did something. If I didn't feel the flow, I would think about what I want the cover of the book to look mm-hmm. like, what I want the font to look like. I would do something geared toward the book. And then December, I finished the book. January 1st, I released it. Love it. Love it, man. Um, And we're going to share with you guys where you can actually pick this book up. I know for sure it's on Amazon. Enjoy the ride. Trust the process, guys. Remember this name, Gary McCullum Jr., guys. Go grab a copy of this book. I wanted to just briefly hit on, all right, we mm-hmm. got about three, four minutes. Okay. Um, chapter seven in this book, and it talked about the destiny-driven decisions. Mm-hmm. And the idea was, you know, you mentioned that you was someone that didn't like to write. Mm-hmm. I didn't even like to read, <laughs> right? So I'm a reader now, and then I'm talking mm-hmm. about going into writing, and you mentioned that um, life is going to be tough. Mm-hmm. But I've learned, guys, that, when you begin to challenge your own self, when you begin to push yourself to grow in all areas, do things that what I like to call unsexy, do the things you really don't want to do, there's really nothing that life can do to you yeah. to bring you down. Yeah. Like you will have your moments, 
But in that moment, you know this is a test. Mm-hmm. You know this is uh, short-lived. Mm-hmm. So, But you talked about destiny-driven decisions. Give people, real briefly, before we walk, get out of here, um, how they can actually find their destiny. Because the first question is, what does it mean to have a destiny? All right. So uh, to just kind of give this out really quickly, uh, in education, we always talk about data-driven decisions, okay. which means that every decision that you make needs to be based off data uh, and the projection of that data. So destiny-driven decisions is talking about no matter what you do, every single step that you make in life, it needs to always be about your destiny. So how do you find that destiny? You already have. Mm-hmm. You've just never identified it as your destiny. Mm-hmm. It's something that you wake up doing every single day with no effort. Uh, it doesn't cost you anything. You don't feel bad for doing it. Um, I used to always think, Lord, I can't figure it out. You know, mm-hmm. but I would I would get text messages and phone calls. Ag, I'm going through this. Yeah. Can you help me? Can you say this? And you know, I would I would say something to him or give them a scripture, mm-hmm. and then I would go back to God and be like, yeah. Okay, man, what's my destiny, Lord? Yeah. I'm trying to do this. I'm trying yeah. to do that. Then I get another phone call when the Lord was like, Okay, your destiny is you're going to be here to assist people. And I had to be comfortable with being a bridge. Mm. See, the bridge, it only helps Mm. people to get across. Mm. And there's not a whole lot of glory in the bridge other than the fact that without you, they couldn't get across. And it's it's under a lot of stress. It is. (laughs) It is. It is. And every bridge, because I know that there are some bridges listening, every bridge needs uh, time for maintenance. Every single one of them. So I even talk about in the book, uh, timeouts. And you have to get the book to to go deeper into it uh, about that. Uh, but, But every single day, once you really hone in on, okay, I do this every, if it's hair, I do this flawlessly. So every morning you wake up, make steps toward either doing hair, getting your own business, uh, uh, getting attached to someone influential that can help you further that goal. If it's cooking, no matter what it is, every single day, wake up with uh, a intentional uh, decision Mm. on making those steps towards your destiny. Yeah, I love it. So Real quick, um, where can people connect with you? You talk about getting with influential people, mm-hmm. positive people in your life. Um, I tell people all the time, social media is not negative. Mm-hmm. It's the people that you're following. Yep. And a lot of times, that's where your mind is at. That's, that's who you're aligning yourself with. So how can people... Um, connect with you, where are you at, where's your content, things like that. So, uh, as Jermaine mentioned, uh, you can get the book on Amazon, Enjoy the Ride, Trust the Process by uh, myself, Gary McCullum. Uh, I have uh, some handles, I wrote them down. So on Facebook, it's just Gary McCullum. Uh, find me on Facebook as Gary McCullum. Instagram is McCullum underscore family underscore man. So that's McCullum family man, but underscore in between every word. Uh, on Twitter, it's McCullum underscore junior. And on Snapchat, it's Gary underscore uh, McCullum junior. Good deal. So um, any last thoughts for the people, any quotes, anything that you want to leave the people with before we get out of here? This was something that um, I believe that the Lord gave to me when I was in Memphis. Uh, And I wrote it down um, and I said every single morning, I was created in excellence by excellence for excellence. Anything else is a waste of life. Mm -hmm. Um, If you understand that the being that created you, the process that it took to create you and just who you are, you are excellent, then you don't deserve uh, to accept anything or give out anything less than excellence. Mm. Every single step, every single thing that you do, it has to be excellent. Even when I have a good day, mm. I'm like, oh man, I missed something because it wasn't excellent yeah. because God created me in an excellent fashion. He mm. created me to be excellent. So no matter what you're going through, just remember that. Okay, Push as hard as you can, as far as you can. And I promise you, when the Lord sees you doing that, he'll pick you up and take you places that you never thought you'd be in. Uh, like me sitting in this seat with my brother as an author. 
mind blown. Love so. it, love it. So um, to wrap it up, um, be sure to connect with me. His handles will be in the description if you're actually watching or listening to this on YouTube. Um, if you're watching on any of your favorite podcast apps, be sure to subscribe. I'm pretty sure he will be coming out with a podcast pretty soon, all right? And um, be sure to follow me because I will be eventually in the future giving away copies of these books absolutely free so you got to follow my page to see how you can get that but other than that bro i appreciate it man i appreciate you for Best having me man. in the future man and um hey i'll see you guys on the next episode love Gary you McCullough guys stay Jr. strong it's your boy jay cobb be humble be consistent be you